Episode 492, Challenge Your Masculinity to Elevate Your Relationship. Stefanos Sifantos. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast, tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you. I'm Adam Lewis Walker, host of the number one men's development podcast that is now a best-selling book, Awaken Your Alpha, Tales and Tactics to Thrive. And it is my mission to share you the real stories, the useful stuff, the juicy stuff, and the reality of what it takes to thrive. Do the little guy a favor, subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. If you've ever thought or dreamed or wondered what it would be like to do a TEDx talk, you can get this completely free 45 minute training masterclass on how to land your TEDx talk in 90 days or less without wasting your time on the wrong opportunities. That training is brand new for 2021. You can jump over there, talkaccelerator.com forward slash masterclass. That's talkaccelerator.com. It really digs into the three key secrets to landing your own TEDx talk. Amplify your message and amplify your mission. All links mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes at ayalpha.com. Get to the podcast. Okay, enjoy the show. I just wanted to update and touch base because this is the first episode. I don't know if you noticed, but for a month, I'll dig into more about that in the next episode, short Christmas episode, just me, myself and I. But I'm excited to share with you now this episode. And it really is about true masculinity. You know, what does it mean to be? What does it mean to be? good at being a man but also what does it mean to be a good man and i want to give another app update and a shout out steph has got a brand new book that's coming out and you can pre-order that now the link's in the show notes but pre-order it on amazon it's tuned in and turned on so please do go check that out if you enjoy this episode and uh, as usual if you do reach out subscribe review and connect this week, we're talking about masculinity, relationships. We've got Steph Sifandos on the line. He's a relational alchemist, international speaker, author, and change maker. He's dedicated to helping you create a life of meaning and purpose. We're going to talk about reconnecting with your truth, all things masculinity. There's a lot we can dive into with this man. He's got programs like The Conscious Warrior. Well, I'm just excited to jump in. So, Steph, are you ready to awaken your alpha today? I certainly am, my friend. Awesome. There's so many ways we could go with this, but what are you all about? Would you like to add or highlight? Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, man. So for me, I just, I really thrive in the realm of relationships and really helping people elevate their relationships to the things that matter to them, whether it's their purpose, whether it's themselves, their past, their present, their future, um, their intimate relationships, sexuality, their personalities, really helping people create a a very clear conduit of understanding and connection to what matters most to them. And sometimes we have to clear the clutter of the past to do that, to really be able to envision a very sacred future or a very healthy embodied future for ourselves. And that's really where I thrive is just walking that, that shadow with people, but also helping them uh, illuminate their path that celebrate, celebrate their truth and celebrate their wisdom and celebrate their power. Awesome. And uh, we touched on your origins before the show. Not everyone will be able to place that accent. Where are you originally from? <laughs> and tell us a little bit about the journey. Where are you speaking to us from today? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I was born in Australia, but then lived in Greece for the first few years of my life. Uh, my father's Greek, mother's Italian. And, and spent, um, you know, came back to Australia when, when I was about, I think, five, five and a bit. 
and then we'd go back and forth to Greece because we had family there in Italy as well. My mother's Italian. And so, um, you know, spent my life just being very multicultural. Um, and that was, that was, there was some difficulty with that as well because I, I didn't feel like I belonged anywhere and it was just very hard to feel grounded. Mm. Um, I live in the U S now though. Uh, and I've traveled a lot in my life, a great deal. And, and something that's very dear to me, one of my highest values is traveling exploration, particularly with, uh, cultures foreign to me or that are unfamiliar to me. Um, but I live in Austin, Texas now. Yeah. I like myself, immigrants we came across. How long have you been there and, uh, you know, where you actually, you, you just moved into, well, about a year ago, just when this whole pandemic to yeah. take this episode, yeah, was interesting. Yeah. this whole pandemic started. Yeah. So I live in Southern California with my wife first and, and then we, we purchased a home here in, in Austin in uh, late 2019, uh, late-ish 2019 and we, we moved in early 2020 and we've been here since. There seems, I mean... There seemed to be a like a bit of a mass exodus, or it just seems that way oh, yeah. from Southern California. Like, and I've been, time, going, I've been going there you know, to visit for many times. I've got some friends there, and I just, especially in the LA area, it just seemed to be getting yeah. rougher and rougher. And just the uh, the homeless thing is nuts. I mean, what 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 did you find, and is why did you move? Or <laughs> yeah, well, we moved for uh, you know to be honest, man, we moved for a couple of different reasons it was just an intuitive hit i mean so christine's family she grew up in in texas but her family um and then she's been she was living in la for you know southern california san diego la for 20 years but her family lives here in austin and so it was that was part of it yeah but the the biggest part was we and this is well before any inkling of of what's happening in the world currently geopolitically you know global health wise socioeconomically etc we just felt it was just a really good move for us to be here and it has it's proved to be really grounding and very healthy for us for our relationship for our business for our, our service in the world as well and what we've been able to create and do and it's it just been a really a really good move I feel very blessed to to be able to say that because I know we know that so many people are suffering, you know, hundreds of millions of people around the world have plummeted into poverty because of what's happening in the world. And so it's just, it's just a, a very gentle reminder that we're very, very blessed and that what can we do to also contribute, um, you know, to elevating the world in a, in a new and different way again. Yeah. I mean, it comes across that you, you, you know, you're very much in touch with where your area of genius is and, and what your, your, your path is and what you're doing now. And I, I love that. It just comes across. But I wondered what's like your awakening moment where you, you, you felt like, ah, this is the path or you were like trying to find what it is you're going to do with your life. Yeah, it's a good question. So I've always had a, a deep inclination to be of service, to help people, uh, to the masses, et cetera. And that, that's really come from a place of deficit and pain and trying to fill in the void. And I grew up in a very volatile, violent family dynamic, uh, a lot of a great deal of unpredictability and uncertainty, um, you know, physical and emotional abuse and uh, you know, enmeshment, entanglement, and some other emotional incest and some other projections there as well. And, and I always had this inclination. I remember having a dream when I was, not a dream, like a vision when I was younger to be the secretary, UN secretary general of the, you know, the United Nations. And, <laughs> and I, I know what I know now about the United Nations from a geopolitical standpoint. So it's, it's not like that's a, a dream for myself yeah. now. But my point to that is that I just really wanted to help. You know, I'd, I'd sit there, watch TV with my grandparents and I'd see this, all this suffering in the world, all these kids that are in poverty and don't have food and disease, famine, like all of it. And I just, I couldn't understand it. And obviously I could relate to it because I had so much pain myself, which was a little different. I was very blessed. I had a roof over my head and we weren't wealthy by any means. We were lower, lower middle class, but, um, and really living 
you know, my parents were living paycheck to paycheck, but it was just something that was really in me. And so I've been in this work for a very long time, but I, again, like when I, when I 18, I finished high school and I, I, you know, I had a few jobs here and then I traveled a fair amount and then came back and I started my own business in, in personal training, coaching, fitness and, you know, in fitness, that's where I sort of ground my teeth. But at the same time, well, a few years later, I would, I was at university studying psychology and behavioral science. And, and so even though I've had a very colorful background, I still managed to do some things that I'm, I'm really happy about as well in terms of educating myself in certain areas. But the life experience is what really, really taught me most about myself and about the, the value of relationships and being, being in a healthy, embodied, full state of being. But here's the thing. My point to that is that you know, I've been in the space. I remember I was 20, I'm 38 now and I was you know, 23 years old and I was qualified in hypnosis and NLP. And I was, as I was studying at university and I was taking people through counseling sessions and all of this, but it was, you know, it was okay, but I wasn't integrated and embodied myself. I was still very much living in my shadow and I was in yeah. a lot of pain, repressed trauma, all of that. And it wasn't until I really did that work on myself a few years ago in my early thirties that I was able to shift the paradigm and not only get super clear, super focused and very purposeful about who I am in the world and how I do what I do and how I present, how I serve, but that's also when I started having quote unquote success in those areas and it was consistent success. And that's a key marker, right? Like when we, when we are consistent in our practices and we, we don't come from fear, and there's not apprehension of scarcity there. We know that we have cleared some big stuff in our psychology and in our bodies to now really live that life and create the life that we want to create. And so it was really, that was the catalyst for me a number of years ago. I was in a relationship. I was unfaithful in that relationship, you know, prostitution, cheating, just living in the shadows. Oh, and that was yeah. a big, big catalyst for me to wake up and go, what the fuck am I doing? And that's when I had to really deal with all my trauma and all my issues that I had repressed for so long. Blimey. Yeah. And when you're obviously trying to help people and you've got all them issues yourself, it just makes, yeah. it's, it's just bad. It just feels bad. Like, yeah, <laughs> really bad. You're it is. One it thing does. And doing another. That's, that's Correct. Correct. Very horrible. Wow. When you touched on some things, unhealthy masculine, let's talk about masculinity and what, what do you think, it, you know, what is healthy as a, and what is really clearly unhealthy? Oh, um, that's a, honestly, that's a really big question, man. Um, and, and part of that is very subjective. You know, there's, I think there's two components of masculinity is, is when we ask the question of, of around healthy masculinity, it's what does it mean to be good at being a man? And what does it mean to be a good man? And the latter really is more culturally subjective. And the former is more grounded in biology and evolution to some degree, rather they, they, yeah. they intermingle into change, but Thing that first one is, is, you know, what does it mean to be good at being a man? Like, what do men do? What what are the men things that men do? Right. And I think part of that is, you know, you, you look at someone like Jack Donovan, who who carries um, four tactical virtues, and he's done a lot of research in the evolution of man as well. And he's a great author. And I lo- I love his four tactical virtues. And at the same time, I think there's there's a there's a fifth there that that can be added to to those four tactical virtues. And he he really goes about answering the question. Um, first around, okay, what does it mean to be good at being a man? And, and, and I agree, I'm in, I'm in deep resonance with him. I think we have to address that first before we look at what does it mean to be a good man? 
Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's more like the foundations before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. And so, so part of that is, um, you know, looking at, okay, let's look at these, these, uh, these four tenets or these, these, um, these four, uh, uh tactical but, virtues. Okay, yeah. yeah. And so one is mastery. Like it's, it's so important. We have mastery over ourselves. Who have we been in the world? What are we really good at? Like that's really important too, right? So after we've gone into, okay, what are we really good at? Like what's this, this mastery that we have? And do we apply that in our everyday world today? Because we've evolved that way. Like we've survived through having mastery, whether it be with a band, you know, in our society or, or, or band level society or gangs or whatever, we've survived through, through mastery at, at some level, right? Um, uh, character is a big, big part of that as well. But let me, let me actually pause on character. Let me come back to strength. Okay. Men need to be strong. Like this is really, really important. Not just physically strong, but we need to be resilient mentally. We have to have courage. Man has largely been responsible, responsible for extending the perimeter of safety in one's environment. Go back a few hundred thousand years ago. We had to carry physical strength to be able to survive in a very volatile environment. Now, Thankfully, we live in a, in a far safer environment now, but having that strength still genetically, so to speak, and from an unconscious place and polarity dynamics and attraction dynamics, when we carry strength in our bodies, we're exhibiting confidence, mm. we're exhibiting discipline, we're exhibiting connection to ourselves and to our bodies. We are embodied literally, right? And so strength is an important part of that. Courage is another tactical virtue. Having the courage to do difficult things is not only attractive to the people in our lives, but it also makes us feel safer. Of course, we can take that to extremes and that's another conversation. That's more uh, psychosocial, psycho-emotional dynamics within the self and personality traits but, or just psychological disorders. But courage is just really, really important in life. You know, we see so many of us in this world not taking risks, not believing in ourselves, not having that confidence, right? Honor is very important as well. Like we really defined ourselves through our brethren. We defined ourselves through our contribution and our utility to our society, whether it be a group of five people or a group of 50 people. So honor is very important. And that's, that, that really comes in, you know, strength, courage, mastery and combining those and having honor in who you are in the world. And what I add to that is connectivity, which is the, the, the importance of relationships and the social being, the social animal that is us. And honestly, we, yes, we've evolved for various different reasons intellectually and where we are today, but part of the, the, the way we are today is because we haven't isolated ourselves and we've been very social. Yeah. We've, we've found uh, reprieve and we've found intimacy through socialization. And so connection is really, really important. Yeah. And just think of connection for a lot of people, especially from yeah. my homeland, England, that's where a lot of people are, you know, really struggling at the moment with that, that connection or lack of connection. Yeah. It's heavy, man. What's happening in the world, particularly Long in certain term. parts of Europe. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like, I, and again, this is just a perspective, but I felt like a lot of people seem to be able to suck it up for about six months. And then that lack of like long-term connection, you know, being isolated for so long, people seem to hit a bit of a wall, but it comes back to resilience as well. Head over to talkaccelerator.com forward slash masterclass and you can get this completely free training masterclass on how to become a TEDx speaker. Talk X C E L. 
E-R-A-T-O-R.com forward slash masterclass really digs into the three key secrets to landing your own TEDx talk. Talking about relationships then, and you can come at it from, you know, two different ways, really. Things you think are important practices to get right or to improve your relationship and maybe some things that if people feel like their relationships are just, there's something wrong there and they're not sure what they're doing to just keep it in a position where it's not healthy for them or they're not happy with their relationships. Yeah. I think to answer the second question first, we, we really have to take a very strong look at ourselves. And what I mean by that is we just have to take self, self-ownership, self-responsibility for who we are in the world. You know, how we behave, our own pain, our traumas, our shadows, how we project, you know, are we blaming and shaming other people? What's our behavior like in relationship? Are we generally very abrasive or short or are we withdrawn? Do we run away from, from difficulty or conversation when it's difficult? How do we shop? We have to take ownership and responsibility for that instead of blaming other people. So I think that's a very important part of, I mean, there's, there are many yeah. to relationship, but that's one of them. And to answer the, the first question you asked, um, you know, healthy communication is really important. That, that forms a part of intimacy. Communication isn't the be all and end all. And it plays a really important role. And so I think making time when, when in a relationship, making time with your partner, just like you, you might make time for a date or you should make time for a date night or intimate time together, right? quality time together with you, where you're sharing with each other, whether it's weekly or monthly or, or biweekly, whatever that looks like for you, but also making the time, whether it be on a daily basis, you know, 10, 15 minutes at the end of every day or you know, once a week where you're just really communicating about how's the relationship going for you? How, how are you feeling in the relationship? Are your needs being met? Can, you know, asking the question, can I do more for you? What can I do for you? What could I be doing better for you? And, you know, you're both asking that question, of course, really sharing what you'd like to receive, any fantasies you have. And fantasies don't just, they're not just reserved to sexual fantasies. That could be part of it, but it could be any big dreams that you want to share. And, and then in that, in, that, in that allocated set communication, also dream weaving together, you know, creating something, whether it's your next house or a project that you're working on, because maybe you're in business together. A lot of couples are in business together these days. I know my, you know, my wife and I are as well. Or whether you're planning a holiday or whether it's something with the children or whatever it is, right, incorporate some dream weaving in that very specific communication. Just on a personal, how is that being in business? Because in some ways you can look at it, that's brilliant because you, you, know, you communicate, you have to communicate more about certain things and you, you're like aligning at least some business goals together. But then also you've got the other side of it, you know, you are working together a lot. I mean, how is it, how is it for you? For you how do you find that? Yeah, well, it's great. Um, we enjoy it. And, you know, we, we're in the same industry in the same space. And so we, and we have been for many years, both of us individually before we even met each other and knew each other existed. And, you know, how we manage that. And look, I'll be honest, man. I mean, there are times where it does get rough because, you know, there's the way that we have structured our, our, our work days and, and the, the areas of focus that I have in my business. I'm, I'm probably a lot, quote unquote, busier or occupied than Christine is. And so she, at this point, probably manages, um, a fair amount more in, in our, in our uh, business together. Right. And so that can be hard on her sometimes. Um, that can be difficult for me as well. And we just have to keep coming back to communication. Otherwise it does blow up. Like even, you know, last night it was mentioned again that that's a sticking point for her. And it, it, it also shows and highlights to me, okay, there's some areas I need to work on and maybe I need to allocate a little more time to this, even though we're in the building phases of, of certain projects 
And yeah, like she's better at some things than me, but that doesn't mean that she should take that load on completely. Yeah. And so sometimes I can get wrapped up and lost in my own expression and my own business and all of that. And I have to keep, I have to be responsible and take ownership for, okay, what do I really want to create here and, and what is the outcome of my actions? Right. And so what helps us is constant communication, me checking in with her. Hey, are you okay? Often if I'm asking if she's okay and if she needs anything, she's pretty good. Even if she's, you know, physically taking more of the workload on like 70, 30 or 60, 40 or whatever it may be, but really providing sincere attention. And, and as a man, you know, being responsible for that in that dynamic or being responsible for the masculine pole, knowing that she knows that I've got her and if she needs anything on there, it's very important. And honestly, man, I forget sometimes because I'm wrapped up in, yeah. you know, ideating and creating and, 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 you know, doing my own business and bringing in income for us and so forth for the family. And I just forget about that and I just take it for granted. And so, you know, I've got to take responsibility for that and really step into greater power there as well. Yeah. And you talked about, you know, intimate time and scheduling it. I just wonder if there's a, in your opinion, a male, female thing. I feel like men and even myself, I feel like I, I, I'm more happy to schedule these things in and think, huh. right, even like intimate time, like schedule it in. Whereas my wife might be less like, okay, at this specific time, you know, sometimes you hear like, got to be in the mood type stuff. What in are your flow. thoughts on that? And again, because yeah. you work with relations and couples together, yeah. do you find that the differences in opinion coming up like that for men and women? And, and how do you bridge that? Yeah. So, you know, the more masculine, so it's a combination of yes, masculine, feminine polarity, and it also could be personality types. It also could be um, slightly trauma informed, how people feel safe in relationship in terms of how they structure their days, their weeks, their months, et cetera. There's very, there's many subtleties to that yeah. impact, how people yeah. interact. I know, I know a weakness of mine as well. If, if we're scheduling and not just it's like scheduling stuff, like yeah. wherever, it, like, I don't mind when it is, but once scheduled, I'm, I know I've got, my patience could be better when you get to a certain time of like, this is what we're supposed to be doing and stuff like that. And that's, that's always a, a bit of conflict for us. Yeah. It can be a little too much rigidity, right? Yeah. 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 yeah I hear she's that, like, man. Hey, just like I said, but like, yeah. you just chill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. And you know, that masculine energetic is more linear and more goal orientated and objective focused and structured. Right. Whereas the feminine energetic is a little more, um, fluid and more, um, not that, not that the feminine is more present, but more in the moment. Right. And so how do you balance that? You have agreements. You talk about it before you get to that point of stress and you understand each other. You understand how each other thinks and feels and how you like to operate. And you, you know, you quote unquote compromise or you make agreements that are going to serve you both, whatever that looks like for you, right? Someone may seem to adjust more than the other or vice versa, or there's a more of a balance there, but you have agreements. Again, communicate to it, speak to it before you get to the point of infliction. Definitely. Okay, well, we're going to move into the alpha round now to begin wrapping things up. And I like to start off that. Is there a particular all-time favorite quote, the one that really inspires you or just sums up kind of your approach to life? Could be the sort of thing you have up in your office. Any spring to mind? I'll tell you one that just came to my mind now. It's not necessarily my favorite, but it's, it's, it's nice. It's, everything in me is born. Everything in me is merged. Everything in me is sustained. Therefore, Brahman or soul or great spirit or you know, ever-pervading consciousness, am I, where everything is born, merged, and dissolved. Cool. Deep. I've never yeah. heard that one before. <laughs> Sanskrit. <laughs> and when it comes to a... I, you can, if, if it's two, you can give me two. 
all-time most impactful book for you? So it might have nothing to do with what we've been talking about. It could have just been like you read this book at the right time, mm. at the right place. It might not be our favorite, but it was just impactful. Yeah. And then, really, uh, you know, you think it's a good recommended book for maybe around the subject we've been talking. Yeah, I don't actually have it here. I think it's in Australia, my book, but it's um, Walking, Walking with the Himalayan Masters by Swami Rama. Ah, I've never heard that one. Mm. When did you read that? Uh, when I was 20 years old. It was a very just impactful book at that time in my life. Yeah. Okay, cool. And any other book recommendations? This just could be one you pass out to people or anything, anything else? Um, I really like um, uh, Fire in the Belly. Sam Keen for men. Fire, Fire in, the in the Belly. In the Belly, yeah. Sam Keen. Okay, what's that one about? Uh, masculinity. Okay. Yeah, good book. Awesome. And when it comes to any habits or resources, is there anything you'd like to recommend around your, you know, your daily habits or just, it could be a resource that if it's widely known, maybe you use it in a slightly different way. Just anything that you help keeps you on the straight and narrow. Yeah. Breath work is what is one of many that I do, but I mean, breath work is just power, very powerful, very powerful. And breath work can be, obviously we all breathe clearly. Um, mm -hmm. It's just an intentional, deliberate practice of breathing that, um, you know, it carries a purpose. So it could be you're, you're doing it for health reasons. You're doing it to calm your nervous system, your, which inadvertently has an effect on your, your health. Of course, you're doing it to gain access into some insight into your own sense of, of uh, awareness or consciousness. Just deliberate practice of breath work can be very, and, and, and you know, there'll be an intersection there of, of multiple benefits, but uh, a strong practice of breath work can be very empowering for you, man, woman, child, doesn't matter. Okay. And having gone through the bulk of the interview from your network and all the people you've worked with or you, you know, you've studied under or just aware of in your network, who would make a great interview for Awaken Your Hour if you feel like they give some value and they're, you know, they'd be good fun? Oh, geez. I, I can think of a few different men. Um, my friend, I just literally got off, off the phone with him now, Jose Rodriguez, and he's got a, a men's company, men's network in, in New York as well. But he's in, in Costa Rica at the moment. But yeah, Jose Rodriguez would be great. Cool. Awesome. And when it comes to Conscious Warrior or, you know, any of the stuff we've kind of been talking about, do you feel like um, there was a question that you really wished I'd ask and I haven't asked? Because I want to make sure we, you know, you get a chance to get everything off your chest and give as much value to the audience around the, the subjects we've been talking about. Oh man, we could, we could go into this subject <laughs> for, for hours and hours yeah. and days and days. No, I think it's all good, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And in terms of relationships, you talked about scheduling and lots of communication. Is there any other like practical steps that someone's listening to this? And, uh, and I suppose as well, if someone's just feeling, so it's got two threads, someone's just not feeling very masculine. Maybe they, yeah. you, they used to, they just, they're just <laughs> feeling it at the moment. They're just, yeah. So like, there's, yeah. yeah so there's definitely two threads. Yeah. yeah. Two threads to that. So the first I would say is download, um, our, our my wife's and I's free sacred union process. Mm. It's it's free, so you don't nothing to yeah. pay. It's uh, christinehassler.com slash sacred union. Simple as that. And if you're not feeling that you're strong in your masculine energetic, there are a number of things that you can do. But challenge is really really powerful for the masculine. It's one of the domains of the masculine. So challenge yourself daily, whether they're micro challenges like waking up at a certain time or being, um, I don't want to say strict, but more diligent with your eating mm. or working out. I mean, that's really, really important. That's also a separate one is 
fucking move your body. Yeah. But challenge yourself, feel challenge, experience pain, even a little fear. It's not going to be the end of the world. And then overcome that, you know, move through that and reflect on that challenge, how you overcame it. That can be very empowering for you. Yeah, man. I just, it just jumped to mind. Like I did the Red Bull 400 about a year and a half ago. And my, my wife, I couldn't, you explained it very well why I did it. And it was just she's like, what are you doing? Like, why do you yeah. want to run? It's where you have to run up the ski jump. And, and I just, I just wanted a challenge, you know, and, awesome. there, and I was, yeah, I was limited from an injury, a knee injury. I couldn't really do certain things, but I like uphill. I was like, actually that's the low impact. And it's like crawling, scrambling. Yeah. 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 Where, where is, is it in the U S where it was, is it? In it's the- actually, it was, um, it's about seven hours from here, but there's, there's huh. iron, um, iron mountain. It's an old ski jump like ski flying hill that's up like up in the up like really in the middle of nowhere oh it was so steep and savage but it was interesting because the whole the whole um challenge about it the the training was painful from start to finish finish you know there's a point when you think oh maybe it's going to get easier but it was the whole thing was just a grind but it was it was so relieving to you know to do the challenge and it was just was savage but yeah the 100 the only reason it was just for the challenge i just wanted that you know, it's, awesome. it's hard to explain, but anyway, cool. All right, man. Well, uh, Steph, it's been an absolute pleasure today. Thank. Oh, and I know you mentioned how to get that resource. Is what's the best way people can connect with you if they want to find out more and continue the conversation? Yeah, of course. Just growwithsteph.com. G-R-O-W-W-I-T-H-S-T-E-F.com. Wow, it's been awesome. I, I feel like we could do about four or five shows here, Steph. So I appreciate the connection and uh, look forward to speaking again. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast, tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you. This episode is sponsored by the Talk Accelerator. Increase your influence, income, and impact. If you've ever thought or dreamed or wondered what it would be like to do a TEDx talk, you can do that. So head over to talkxcelerator.com forward slash masterclass and you can get this completely free training masterclass on how to become a TEDx speaker and thought leader without desperately chasing and wasting your time on the wrong opportunities. It really digs into the three key secrets to landing your own TEDx talk. All right, have a great week. Amplify your message and amplify your mission. Do the little guy a favor, subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back.